This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, good day, mate, as Jack Ross reels in Aussie goalkeeper and trialists under the eye of Dundee boss Gary Boyer. Hello and welcome to this week's Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. Podcasting with me in the studio, there's a hint, this week are George Cran. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. Not here is Alan Temple, because he's been in Spain with Dundee United. Tough gig. Oh. oh. He made, he made it look... look it was hot, long. perhaps too hot. Yeah. But, thanks to the wonders of modern technology... And George Cran's wizardly, wizardry, wizardly, that's his brother, wizardry, (laughs) we can now hear from Alan Temple, all the way from Spain, here he is. It was a defeat for Dundee United here at La Cala Sports and Golf Resort in Marbella. Uh, Port Vale were the opposition, newly promoted to League One, and the only goal of the game was scored by young Tommy McDermott. Dundee United did come close to levelling. Declan Glass saw a second-half header disallowed for offside after rippling the nets. Excellent cross from Archie Mikkelsen on that one. Um, and Amy Niskanen also struck the bar. Uh, Funso Ojo, who obviously formerly of Aberdeen and quite familiar to Dundee United fans, also struck the post. Uh, nevertheless, there was only one goal in the contest. Perhaps more noteworthy was Dylan Levitt limping off with an injury. Needless to say, everyone in Dundee United colours will be hopeful that one's not too serious. Dundee United will now travel back to base camp, another couple of days of training, and it's Sunderland on Saturday. Well, that was good. (laughs) Does this mean we're in the 21st century now, lads? (laughs) It was certainly good for Alan anyway, out there enjoying himself. Uh, Was was there a hint of a slur there in his voice? (laughs) I hope sangria hasn't been taken. I'm sure it was just the, the, the hot sun. But on to serious matters. You mentioned Dylan Levitt limped off, yeah. but Jack Ross seems quite confident that it's an impact injury. That's one of the trendy terms they use for ouch, that was there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not going to take any risks, are you? No. Especially with a player like that. What a disaster it would be after all, all, of, sort of, all the stops have pulled out <laughs> to get him if you got hurt. I know, um, and he did limp off. He he looked in pain, but he was still walking. Uh, so that <laughs> doesn't tell you much. <laughs> There's George Cran, old Physio, school manager. Yeah. Son, you can Aye. still walk. Get back on. Get the sponge on it, magic sponge, and all that. Um, you never know what might be on the line, but it, it, all it sounds like he's long term. He'll be okay. He may be just out of action for a wee while. As long as he's okay for the end of the month. Exactly. They've obviously got friendly at the weekend, but it's a friendly. They can leave him out and make sure he's better for when the real ball comes out. Yeah, they would probably. I don't think they'd be too worried to bear if he misses this weekend. There's other other games to come. No, absolutely. So as long as he gets another. If he got ideally one more game before. The big kickoff at the end of the month, they'd be happy. With yeah, it. yeah, man. At this stage for United, it's, it's about getting everybody game time, getting everybody's fitness up, and I'm sure from uh, a Dundee United fans' point of view, it's just great to see Dylan Levitt back yeah. in, in a, a Dundee United shirt. I'm sure on when one he, leg or two. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure when he, you know, played his last game there at the end of last season, they thought they'd seen the, the mm. end of him, sort of thing, uh, on these sort of shores. But terrific signing for Dundee United. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, um, but uh, I'm sure it was big for a short period. Yeah, well, and probably more importantly, Craig Sibbald and Stephen Fletcher both uh, got game time. I say more importantly because although he's a new sign-in, Dylan Levitt was there on loan for a year, so he knows the setup, knows his teammates. More important that the guys who are entirely new to the squad yeah. get involvement. I think, Sorry, John, you go. I was just going to say that I think Stephen Fletcher's a, a really good... Purchase for United. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. I thought um, thinking footballer. He's certainly on the park. I can't, can't speak for him <laughs> yeah. off the park because I don't know him. Well, I interviewed him uh, when he was Scotland uh, 
striker and he seemed that way he, he spoke well I have to admit he was maybe one of the saddest footballers I'd ever interviewed at, at that point because he George there's a, few, there's a few sad <laughs> no, footballers was, come on ah, no, uh, he was, maybe he you was just so recognised George <laughs> is, is this what my career's come to no. <laughs> sorry George <laughs> quite possibly huckled, huckled in the in the mix zone at Hamden after uh, missing out on yet another uh, qualifications. I, I think it was Poland scored one of the worst goals I've ever seen in the, the last minute to deny us. And he'd scored twice, I think, curled one in from the edge of the box. He'd been excellent and, and we missed out in the worst possible way. Um, and he, 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 he looked... Like you expect a footballer to look, but even sadder. Um, Aye, and you expect a fully a totally different sport. I saw an interview with a I can't remember his name, a guy that made his T Twenty debut for England at thirty four, and I'm like, you must be delighted. You must be delighted. And the voice like, we we'll got beat. Yeah, but no, I, I think obviously we'll have to see who he is at this stage of his career because we've not seen him up here in a long time, uh, and. He's been playing in the, in the English Championship, which I have to admit I've not been keeping an eye on in, in the last couple of seasons, but it's still a strong league. He was still played quite a lot of games for Stoke City last season. Yeah. Um, and, and you don't do that if, if you're a mug uh, and if you can't hold the ball up, if you can't handle yourself. Uh, so United have got themselves a, a proper all-round striker in Stephen Fletcher. Um, he only scored three times last season, which is kind of blow his... Standard, I would say. I, I'd expect he, he wants to much improve on that when he comes back to Scotland. Yeah, Bear, is that George said you had a few games? Is that the key? You're always there's always a wee concern at that age. Is he past his best? Is he this? Is he that? And I don't think he'll be at his peak. It would be foolish. But the main thing once players get in their 30s is that they keep they're still playing. Yeah, and I think George touched on it, the experience he's gained throughout the years. He'll know what his body can do now, you know, how far he can and push it, how, how much he has to do in training to get himself up to match fitness. He'll, he'll not be overcooking at the time. Um, and I think uh, Alan did an interview with him, I think it was the first interview that, that, that he'd done since he was at United, uh, where he talked about how he, well, he's hoping to bring goals to United, he can also bring more and he's a good football more around the park and and mm-hmm. you know with the younger ones at the mm-hmm. club guys like Rory McLeod he talked about how he, he felt he'd improved Jacob Brown's game down at yeah. uh, Sheffield and you know we've seen Jacob Brown burst into the Scotland squad so yeah just where, his be- where he's been in his career that's bound to have a big effect on the younger ones and they, they can sort of take advice from him and hopefully they, their games will improve but let's let's be under no illusions he's at Dungeon United to improve their lot he's at Dungeon United to get goals for Dungeon United mm-hmm. as George says three I'd be expecting Stephen Fletcher to be touching double figures yeah, for Dundee United. I think that was, that's, that's a decent enough target for him, but a, a good sign, a good sign, and there's no doubt about yeah. that. It might just take a bit of pressure off Tony Watt and Nicky Clark as well. I, yeah. I think give, give them a bit of a, a foil. He's a proper number nine, so I think Tony Watt might prefer... I think he was quite good I off the wing. That's, an, that's an interesting one. I'd be interested to see how the, he actually pairs Tony. Yeah. If, if he does pair Tony Watt and Stephen Fletcher, there's no guarantees that he'll play the both of them at the same time. Mm. Um, but here, they'll both be on decent contracts at United, so I'm sure that uh, you <laughs> know the, the, the people who hold the purse strings at Tandy will be hoping that they're both on the park at the same time and one's not picking up a, a wage for sitting on the bench for most of the season. It's a nice man. I've always uh, been averse to getting two into tactics that's for managers and players because it can get a bit boring but I mean, it immediately strikes me off the top of my head the fact that the footballing ability that Tony Watt and Stephen Fletcher have means as George says Stephen Fletcher he can play as a number nine so Tony Watt can play off him mm. but equally you could see them pulling for some games at least he might play deeper Tony Watt might play further up It's it's a sort of as I say, without getting too much into the tactical side, because it's boring. <laughs> it, is, it is an interesting one because yeah. just just in sort of and Nicky Clark's in that equation as well. They've got the options there yeah. uh, of what they do. I mean, especially, I mean, where you are interested in tactics. So one thing you don't want for a throughout a whole season is knowing that the opposition know exactly how your team's going to play, mm. and it gives them a. a, a Opposing managers will be going, hmm, 
will he play right up front or will he play deep or will mm. the players of two together side by side and yeah. it gives it gives United something almost up their sleeve doesn't it it does um, and I'll be, I just think it'll be interesting to see how, how Jack Ross works it um, he's also what I've got to say he's a big lad <laughs> yeah. Stephen Fletcher yeah. now you're looking at his side you know they've, they've got Stephen Fletcher they've got um, you know at the back they've got Ryan Edwards Charlie Mulgrew Tony Watt uh, mm. Ross Graham so going back to sort of, regardless of tactics, old-fashioned set pieces into the box. Yeah. Ah, if you're defending a corner and you're looking at... Who you, they're a big side. Those yeah. four, four, four of the five you mentioned there, standing near the edge of the area, coming in on top of a yeah. corner, you're not, you're not going to be too confident. No, there, uh, it could be another option for United, um, certainly. Um, but just just a good sign at this, at this point in time for Dungeon United. And Jack Ross is slowly but surely getting, getting men in as the season approaches. Yeah, it's, I mean, the other thing about it as well, he is, he is 35, but if there's a squad in this country that can carry older players, it's Dundee mm. United because there's a lot of youth there. And we saw the job Charlie Mulgrew did. That's exactly what I was going to say. The, the, the United will be looking for exactly the yeah. same sort of impact that Charlie Mulgrew had uh, last season. And the same sort of impact on top of still having Charlie Mulgrew in, the, in this season. Um, so it was a good... Blend with, with Chalamar grew and the youngsters like Ross Graham was obviously excellent in the second half of the season. And they still have that. Uh, obviously, Jack Ross has said he, he needs to bring in signings. He, they're short on depth. Um, the depth they've got is, is generally in the, the, the kind of youth set up yeah. and the young players, mm-hmm. which United would really want to keep going, obviously, because it's been successful for them and they have good players there. Um but they will, as he says, they will be bringing in more more players. It's up to the youngsters to to kind of show that um, they don't need to do that. That they can step up and supply the likes of Fletcher with goals. Uh, well, I mean, there's other thing that, that if you think through them, I mean, we'll we'll speak a wee bit more about Craig Sibold, but even the players they've got, they've got every area of the pitch from the back to the forward line. They've got experienced men that can stick in there and be a focal point and be an organiser. And that, that actually probably makes more room for youngsters, does it not? Because I'm sure you mentioned Ross Graham. Great and deserved plaudits last season. But what we don't know, but can guess was a few times, was how many times did he make a great tackle, win a great header, 30 seconds after Charlie Mulgrew said, just you hold there, son, or hmm. push, it, push out a wee bit there. Because the experienced players read the situation mm-hmm. better, just by definition, uh, and and put these kids in the right place so that their, their, their natural talent then comes into play and they win the ball. That's a great, that's a great point. I mean, you saw Ross Graham, he goes out on loan to Dunfermline, and struggles, struggles big time. Yeah. And, but it's not to do with Ross Graham as a kid. It's because he's going into Dunfermline's side who are leaking goals, you know, week after week, who are a wee bit all over the place. And he hasn't got that experience alongside him. He immediately comes back to Tannadice and people are going, well, if he can't get do yeah. well in Dunfermline, he's not going to do well at United, a league above sort of thing. And he's straight and in the team, isn't he? Yeah. No problem whatsoever. No, that's not down to the way Ross Graham, Graham has been playing. It's down to the guys who are playing alongside him. It's yeah. down to the experience he's got. Edwards, Mulgrew. And the more of these guys you've got throughout the team, they see they see where you are and, uh, on the path. They're saying, you're pushing forward a bit too far or move yourself up a wee bit or come in here, tuck in behind. And it's all about communication and that's a big part of the game as well. And you can see Ross Graham has you know, hit the ground running at Tannadice and how it helped him in terms of his own performance on the park but it helped his confidence as well. And he now he now looks an integral part of that Dundee side, I've yeah. got to say. So hopefully, you know, the introduction of Stephen Fletcher will, will aid that maybe, you know, in, in the top line. You know, you're talking yeah. further up the park. If, if Rory McLeod, you know, does get a run, if youngsters like Chris Mochrey and that are, are giving a run in the team, he'll be able to say, you just tuck in behind mm. me, you know, I'm going down the line. You know, you, you sit in there and you'll see improvements in their game as well. And, and that'll happen in training as well, you know. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a win-win situation for United on the park and off the park. I must admit, in all my time in the game, speaking to experienced players who had kids alongside them, I never heard one say, oh, I'm having to be his teacher and moan. Mm-hmm. 
I often heard them say, it's quite good because he's my legs. And <laughs> tell, him where, tell him where to stand. Yeah, there's, there's a point in that as well. As long as they've got the, the ability, experienced yeah. players very, very mm. rarely have any complaints mm. about having kids beside them. No, mm. absolutely. Absolutely. And we mentioned there another, I mean, another signing and they flew him out to Spain, which was obviously a bit of expense, but I'm sure well worth it to get him started. Craig Sibold, is Jack Ross signed, he's maybe seven to seven and a half out of ten player each week. He might not, he might not be the one that mm. United fans are jumping up and down and punching the air and delight about signing, but a, a guy who's always been a consistent performer. Yeah, well, I mean, you can lock that midfield together, can't you? I mean, he's, he's obviously they've lost Callum Butcher and uh, they need someone else in there. I don't say that Craig Sibble is the same sort of player as Callum Butcher. He's not. Uh, I think actually Craig Sibble is probably a more talented player, you know, in, in terms mm -hmm. of ability than Callum Butcher was. Um, but obviously they've got Ian Harts, they've got Dylan Lever back, so they need somebody else in there maybe just to, you know, hold it all together and Craig Sibble could be that man. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's another good signing for... For United, I've, I've got to admit, I think Craig Sibyl's career hasn't gone where it should have gone. Mm. I, I mean, I watched him years ago at Falkirk. Yeah. Thought he, he had the potential to go further, but I think he now has an opportunity here to show what he's really made of. You know, at Dundee United. So, and I hope he does. I hope he does. And he's played plenty of football at this level as well, which is always a a big thing because we're talking about players that in their mid thirties, and obviously talking about the young players, but Sibyl's right in the, the, the kind of peak years of his career and it, that's uh, it's always a, ha a handy thing for, for a team United are looking to push to the, the top half of the, the table and get f fourth position again in that kind of area and, and the table they need players like that I, I would say it just gives a good mix across the board because yeah. the one thing I mean again it's he's like you say he's in his prime years you would hope but he's experienced as well, and that, yeah. again, the, the, I think they need that, don't they? And talking of experience, they've got an experienced goalkeeper. Sounds like it. And very, Mark, very close, at least. George says it's pronounced Berigiti. <laughs> I, I said that. I, 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 I don't think know. It is. I think you have to say it with an Australian accent more than that. Good eye, Mike. <laughs> but you won't, I could be listening to this because he's maybe trolling the internet for facts about Dundee United yeah. and. He's maybe stumbled on, across us maybe on his flight over um, so yeah arriving for, we should clarify you say, arriving from the Australian top division yeah and he's been the top goalie in, top goalie uh, in that league in the last two seasons he has and I have to say being a relatively early riser it is a league <laughs> it's a league I often watch on a Saturday morning goalkeepers can be quite busy can't they and if you want a, one position I would say Definitely think about signing as goalkeepers because there's no relegation. So home and away, teams go for it. Mm. It's a great, great league for chances and goal mouth incidents because it's a very open style of play. Simply because nobody gets relegated at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, I, I was having a, a wee look at his, uh, his CV. It's an interesting one. Um, he came to, he came through a good setup at good used set up over in Australia and then came across to to Europe to a, a spell in Italy a spell at Swansea where he didn't play and then a, a spell in the Netherlands uh, with NSA yeah. Breda he didn't play a huge amount and then went back the kind of I've seen NEC but Nick as they I think they called them and a, a, a real club yeah. top, top division yeah. club in but he only played and 16 Holland. times. So. Oh, he still played. And, and, uh, and he's, he's experienced. It just it reminded me a wee bit of Seacrest, though. Just in the way Seacrest's career in the UK, when he was at Villa, it was, it was very highly thought of and it didn't quite happen and he had to go back, kind of start again, build back and then yeah. go again. And he, when he came to United, he, he was, it was perfect timing for that. So it, hopefully there, there might be some uh, kind of similar... Aspect with Birigiti, uh, yeah. When he arrives at Tarandice, that and he's, I mean, he's plenty of first team games over the last yeah, uh, couple, exactly. couple of seasons back in Australia. And it's back, I mean, it's, it's he's a good age as well for a goal. He's, yeah, he's early I mean, 30s. I mean, the crowds there and the set, the crowds are comparable to a lot of Scottish clubs now in Australia, mm -hmm. and 
the setup of the clubs, and I, I mean, I know this for a fact from people who have been there. It's it's not the days of the Australian pools on the old coupon that that they used over the summer, and they could be playing in front of two kangaroos and a wallaby. It's real, real clubs and real stadia, and it's quite a bit of yeah. investment. The the Man City people have got one of the clubs out there, and so it's there's a lot of money being put into that league, and the, and the pay. They pay good wages for good players. A lot of them are maybe near the end of their careers, the, the big names that they attract. But these these guys pass on good habits. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's real football now, and it has been for quite a few years. Yeah. And I was, I was reading Alan's piece um, just before we came in, and Jason Cummings was, was his teammate. At, at yeah, there's a few exceptions. But he was speaking very highly uh, about Berigiti saying he should be playing at a higher level. So um, he's also only played once for Australia, and I think that maybe irks a wee bit reading yeah. some of his quotes. So there's I've a lot. There's thought, a lot I can't of... actually think. Bear will know this because he keeps in touch with the goalkeeping world. I can't actually think who their who their goalie is now. I'll give him two seconds. Uh, I looked that up because I can remember. Go on, George. Matt oh. Ryan. Who was that? Brighton. Oh yeah, Aye. yeah, yeah. They've always, they've always, they've always had good pedigree and then, with their goalkeepers. The, the, the backup two are based in Australia as well, but they are thirty-three and thirty-seven, I think. Mm-hmm. So the World Cup year, you never know. He might think that if he he can come and hit the ground running at United, he might think he's got a, a chance. Yeah, of getting I mean, in you'd there. hope so. You'd, you'd hope that's part of the move because you've got a you've got a hungry goalkeeper then. I think the big question is, is who's going to be your next number one? Yeah. I mean, it's, I yeah, it's, such, a, it's such an important position, Tom. You know, so uh, Jack Ross isn't given any hints as to, it looks like it's the gloves are, uh, are up for grabs, effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I would think he's probably coming in to be number one, uh, just going by his, his reputation, but, but does but, that yeah. automatically make that happen? Though, well, I've got two up? international goalkeepers, yeah. technically. Yeah. I don't know if the sound, <laughs> come the on, sound, George. The sounds around uh, Ericsson that don't sound promising to me. I, I don't know. Right? Not, We've not no, seen him, so no. I think there's probably a reason for that. Well, that's not? that's a bit concerning. I've got to say. I mean, and uh, if that's the case, because I honestly thought that he was coming in at, with an eye, obviously, to take yeah, over from Benji so. Seagrees, but we've not seen him. How I mean. So I don't know just why doing mm-hmm. in, in, in training. Yeah, I guess so. Surely they've got to give the, the guy a chance to see what yeah. he, he can actually do. But maybe yeah. you never know with players moving countries and stuff. Yeah. You never know if, if there's something's just not worked. But again, I know, hey, just to throw another spanner in the works, they're, they're telling people it's ten weeks for a passport. How long is it for a work permit? Yeah. <laughs> even though even though Berigiti's got an Italian passport, as George pointed out before we're coming in, doesn't count anymore. No. Yeah. But the. We've seen a lot of Australians coming across, though. That uh, Hibs and Hearts have got a few, the yeah. Hearts especially. So it seems to be a route that's working for Scottish clubs. Uh, obviously, the, the, I think clubs are starting to figure out the way the the system works in terms of getting the paperwork. So yeah, and there's all, there is even before the A League got up to a size that, as I say, makes it comparable with a lot of leagues in Europe. Australia, because of the, the, the various immigrant communities has always had a football culture mm. so i think kids kids that play f- football in australia they're brought up in it it's not a, a, a some some other places in the world traditionally you'd be a wee bit worried going oh well is this the, okay he's played soccer since he was 10 but mm. who was coaching him <laughs> australia's not never been like that there's always been a strong Association football community throughout yeah. Australia. Yeah, I remember. I, I can remember going back to, um, to the to the, the old days of the Sporting Post, and you know during the summer because of the pools, you had to have results. So the, the pools kept going, and well, yeah. the, the British results had stopped. They took the Australian results, and and you saw filled the coupon. It did. I mean, they had, yeah. they had the leagues from all over the country, yeah. Australia, you know, New South Wales, all the states, and you remember all the great names, I think it was Bullabong Rovers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Just, but the, it wasn't just sort of 10 teams, George, it yeah. was 
hundreds of Aye. teams playing in different divisions all across the country, and that was purely down to the fact that it was just the sheer amount of expats who had gone mm. out there from Europe played the game. It wasn't just coming from set, certain big yeah, cities. Yeah. What they've done in the last 20 yeah. years has actually added the top end to yeah. that, whereas very often in other countries, the set up the top end yeah. and what lets them down is what's below that, but that's never been the case with Australia. So you're always there. And I, I think in our debut, or what stopped players was communication. You couldn't go over to yeah. Australia readily and look at players. Players no, that's right. couldn't come here because, and even today, I know it takes about takes about a day mm-hmm. to travel from Australia. So if you go if you go back a few years, people weren't going going to put that sort of yeah. effort in to get over there and look. But there's always there's always been a depth of talent over there. So it is it is one of the countries that are. Might be not in our minds very often, but I would never, never question the quality mm. uh, a, a players coming there just because there is, there is a definite football culture. And, and Tom, it's down to value for money as well. Yeah. You know, if you can get a player from Australia for, for that's comparable with what you're getting in England and you're going to have three time, have to pay three times the yeah, amount exactly. for it, why not, yeah. why not go for it? Yeah, and I think that's what clubs are. I think that's actually... People talk about the internet and travel and, and and stuff like that shrinking the world, but money shrinks the world mm-hmm. as well. In the sense that I mean, I've, I've heard a few times this season about you know it's a, it's the big leagues. You know, if you retain your star player on a much bigger contract, it puts up the wages in your squad because everybody they might not ask for the same as your star players getting on his new contract, but everybody asks if for he's more money. Rise, why can't ah, I? Why yeah. can't I? And and then, so it makes it makes coaches and club chairmen look further afield because then you bring somebody in that'll say, "Well, this is a lot more than I'm getting where I am, so I'll <laughs> yeah. take that." Yeah. And it, I mean, it, so you're getting you're getting players of sort of at least the same ability for a bit less. So this this could be an example of a move that makes sense both in terms of quality and. Yeah. yeah. Money mm-hmm. and again, Tom, it's you know you, you mentioned the age is a good age for for a goalkeeper. Yeah. You look at Ross's signings: Fletcher, Sibold, Birigiti. He's got Levitt back. It looks like Jack Ross. He's not knocking the United youth setup, but I think he's looked at it and went, "That's not an area we're having to look at. We'd we yeah. bring a, just a wee bit more experience into this into this side now." You know? Yeah, he 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 starts bringing in nineteen twenty year old kids. All he's doing is making less room for, for the, the really the good kids that are coming yeah. through. So. It, it, it comes across as an eminently sensible signing policy so far. So far, I think they've done good business, to be honest. But I, I think the it's proof the, of the pudding. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> wait and see. But on paper, pretty good. Uh, although he, he does say they're significantly short of depth, which tells you that there's more to come. Jamie McGrath from Wigan, still possible. I think so. Uh, there's been. It says here. <laughs> That's just a leftover from last week's notes, but yes. um, there's, there's been uh, I've not seen any word no, of you that anything's uh, off on that front. I think he's still one they would very much like. I see, I mean, again, I, I mean, I, I look at Jay McGrath. There are a lot of clubs in for him. He will command a big salary. Fletcher's commanding a big salary. Tony Watts yeah. commanding a, a big salary. Sybil wouldn't have been cheap. You know, it's you wonder just how far the finances actually go. No, United did well last season, and they're, they're, they're in Europe, but. There comes a point where you go, well, you know, we're, we're at the stage now where we're, we're playing. I'm sure Jack Ross would love to get Jamie McGrath in there, but I, th- I would think that's less likely now with the fact that they've actually got, brought Sybil in. Um, and Levitt as well. Yeah, yeah. And Levitt's come back as well, of course. And a chance for fans to see some of the new signings when Sunderland visit this weekend. It's taken me a month to work that out. That it's <laughs> Sunderland who visit. <laughs> And not United yeah. who visit. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see Tannadice open again and with fans in it. And obviously, it, I think it sounds like it'd be a, a very decent crowd. Um, wonder if United might have their new strip on. They've not unveiled it yet. Have they not? And the season's not far away. I'm guessing it'll be Tangerine. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good, <laughs> good bet. Never been scared to put my neck on <laughs> And I think Dundee will wear blue this yeah. season. Uh, that's the sure about Celtic, though. <laughs> <laughs> Might be green and that's cream. Who knows? Yeah. And before we before we move across the road, some some nice 
news on a sentimental note, John Holt once denied a testimonial by his manager, whose name I can remember. Um, Club are planning a testimonial dinner for him, which is perhaps a historic error being put right. Yeah. The, what, what was the, the was there a reason given? I, I, I obviously read the, the story on the Courier this week. I could read, but no, things things weren't <laughs> things like that. Provided, were, uh, just, um, just no, that's not happening. Yeah. It, it, you're talking about a time under Jim McLean and many other managers when no wasn't a story. <laughs> <laughs> only, only yes, you're getting one was a story. Yeah, here's what we're doing. And here's what we're yeah. not doing. But I know, uh, I, I know that um, John, who's regular at Tanneries uh, to this day and, and worked on the coaching side, mainly with the youth mm. in the past and, the, uh, and on the community side as well. So it wasn't like, there was a huge fallout or stuff like that, but when when he left, which is a long time ago now, there was you know, it could have been handled better. Yeah. Uh, not not least because I know some of the clubs who wanted to sign him <laughs> were vetoed because they're like, no, they could be playing us this next season, so you're <laughs> not going there. And that that was in the, the pre-Bosman days. So so, and he was. He was a player who played in every outfield position for uh, Dundee United at various times in his career. A one-man and, team. And along with uh, Billy Kirkwood, and with some overlap, but mainly slightly later, Jim McAnally and Dave Bowman, saved Dundee United a lot of money because these guys could play mm. at, in different positions to a very, very high standard. And uh, they're they're worth to the squad. They'll, they'll they'll never be mentioned in terms of ability in the same breath as the Nerys and the Malpasses and the Sturricks. But these guys meant it was a sm smaller squad. And funnily enough, you look at the number of players we were speaking about this the other week that get signed now by clubs partly on the basis they can play two mm -hmm. or three positions. Mm -hmm. Well, you're going. John Holt and Billy Kirkwood came through in the, in the early to mid seventies, and they could play everywhere. Yeah, and did, and it was, and again, as well as keeping the squad fresh, it kept, it kept opponents guessing because mm -hmm. literally John John Holt could play against a team at right back, and the next time they played them, he could be playing centre forward or central midfield, and. It's essential, wasn't it? Because, I mean, it's not like these days where you can make five subs. No. Change two. Change half your team. Uh, two in those days. And you, uh, yeah. you, you, you had to keep one back in case somebody got sent off and you had to change. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I didn't realise that, that, you know, there was any acrimony between John and the club at, at the time. I, I, oh, can't, I, think, I, can't I actually think it was just a bit of, yeah. a bit of tension, sure. would, I would say. But, yeah. but that was, in, in fairness to in fa and John would say himself, that was the way it was in those days. Yeah. That's what, that's what yeah. happened. But you're right. I mean, you're right in terms of, you know, you'll not be remembered along with the Nerys, the Hegarty's, the Malpas and the Sturrocks. But believe me, they'll remember them. They'll mm -hmm. remember them greatly for the work in, in, in handling Billy Kirkwood, start at the point that came in before McAnally and Bowman, vital to Dundee United's success at that point in time. And yeah, I think it's 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 a ter terrific gesture, and you know, a thoroughly merited way to reckon recognise what John Holt did for the club. And he's he's a, he's a nice guy. We yeah, spoke to him a lot. Oh, he's yeah. a great boy. Yeah, he's one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And just when I'm when I'm thinking about John Holt, I mean to sum up, having what we've said, and he he would say that himself about. He was a level below the very, very best at United. Remember back in the mid-80s, they played Manchester United. Mm -hmm. Two legs, John Holt and uh, Brian Robson. They must have kicked each other and every <laughs> bit of their two legs. And I always met both games, final whistle. Brian Robson turned down, shook his hand. Mm. First person, I think at the, the game at Tannerice, I think the first person, Brian Robson, England captain, went to John Holt at the end of the game because what a battle the two of them had over the over the two legs and they just didn't there was no 
I don't think there was a uh, there wasn't a square up or a, a they just ripped into each other in no. the middle of the park because that was their job. They accepted that was their job, and they walked off quite happy at the end. And Brian Robson was happier because United went through. <laughs> Let's not mention Gary McGuinness's own goal. Oh, no, I just... I just... You don't mention it. Anyway, after this, the trials across the road. Did I say trials? I meant trialists. <laughs> few trialists as Dundee drew with Blackburn. Not a bad result at all. Yeah, it was a pretty uh, new-look start in 11. I had the three trialists all in midfield in the midfield four, along with Josh Mulligan. So, uh, Blackburn, well, I had, the, I had the better of the first half, really, which is always going to happen, I, I would suspect, with, with a midfield that's basically never played together before. And then Tyler French uh, started at yeah. centre-back as well. It was his first game. He was good. I was impressed with him. Um, uh, and, yeah, trialists, well, one of them scored no goal, which isn't ideal on your trial. Um no. It, it, a lot of times it, it, it did quite well and, and had a nice sweet drive back in the middle of the park beat two men at the same time um, th- that was Callum Rowe by the way he f- came through the academy at, at Aston Villa before he, he was released and then he was at Exeter last season was released from there could play left back could play defensive midfield he played in defensive midfield alongside Kyle Barker who played at Montrose last week and looks very tidy. He's a defensive midfielder. Um, he, he he looks like a decent one that, that they may be thinking about. Um, the other one was Tyler Frost, left wing. He, he was a classic kind of winger. Fast, can dribble. Not much came off at the, the end of it, so mm. we'll wait and see on that one. Um the other one I've, I've left on this list is Danny Devine, but he's actually left the club now, so he, he'll not be getting a contract. He did, though. Yeah. Enough of Moving on. One thing, I mean, we, we've touched on this before, Bear, that Dundee will need to make sign-ins, but because most of them are fit, they don't have to make, hopefully, mm-hmm. barring a disaster of injuries at Stranraer on Saturday, Gary Boyer can have a wee look at players over hopefully the next, until the end of the transfer window, yeah. at the end of next month. Eh? He, he, he's got enough just now to be going on with. He'll want to add players, but it's, it's not like he's he needs to sign somebody this week. No, no, I don't think so. <clears throat> um, looking at last night's game against Blackburn, I thought some of the George's is a spot on his assessment with Trilets. I really don't think any of them did enough the, for me. Yeah, did enough for me. Stand out yeah, massively. To, to, to suggest that well, let's get this lad on a contract straight away. Yeah. By the um, way, George, I didn't teach you to look at pre-season friendlies. <laughs> I used to start picking my nose. <laughs> um, but elsewhere, I mean, what we've seen, I think that obviously they've had the one competitive game against Hamilton in the in the Premier Sports Cup, the game last night against Blackburn, the friendly. I think Gary Boyer will be satisfied with what he's what he's seen so far. I think. What has been in- encouraging for him uh, has been in the doxing, uh, not only the, of the young lads who were pushing through last season, a couple of the other ones never beginning to knock mm. at the door as well. Um, we, we saw Josh Mulligan, uh, obviously did well against Hamilton at the weekend, not, not so well last night, I don't think he was, he was I don't think that's his, his best position stuck out on the right hand side. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that was a terrible thing that him and Max Anderson didn't have their best yeah. games against Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a big English team who might yeah. think, yeah. oh these boys are quite well, good. Um, you know, I think we've seen Harry Sharp put in a couple of solid performances yeah. already and stake his claim for, for the gloves, uh, you know, when, when the season comes around. And I've got to say, I mean, I thought Lyle Cameron's time at Dens could have been on on its way to an end. Mm-hmm. You know, um, first saw Lyle Cameron, I knew I knew of him, but I didn't really see him until he came on against Dunfermline, you know, about eighteen months ago. Uh, and you know, he got struggled. thrown in at the deep end, and he really, really struggled because he is he is quite a slight guy. But what I've seen in the last couple of games is he can play. Oh, he can yeah. play. He came on against Hamilton and. And showed he's got a trick or two up his sleeve. He can take a goal. He played it right back. Last I know night. that was a surprise to but me. I get, when when he came on, you're not making the boy. Yeah, you? but he can play the line. Yeah. You know, and yeah, he's got exactly. a good, a good burst of speed over sort of ten yards. He is still on the slight side, 
but that will, you know, improve over the next few seasons, I'm sure. And I think he's got a chance. Mm -hmm. So from Dundee's perspective, you've also got uh, um, Fisher, Sam Fisher. I think he's been good. Sam Fisher's playing at the back. Um, so, yeah, quite quite positive. The, the team all around looks pretty solid, Sam. You're talking about signing players. The squad looks massive to me. I, don't, I mean, I think... With, with got, the six, well, yeah. five, five plus Chapman, I guess. Yeah, the, the squad looks big. Have they got McGee back in there? Have they got Ashcroft back in there? Mm. There is one glare in the mission for me over over the two games. And we spoke about it at United with Tony Watt. We spoke about it with Stephen Fletcher. They don't have a focal point up front at yeah. this point in time. Now, even with Zach Rudden, I don't think he's that player. They need to get... So I don't know how close Sillian Sheridan is to, is to playing. We've not seen him yet. So but yeah. in the Championship, you need somebody in there who's going to knock centre-halves about. Mm. Um, not every week, but you need somebody who's going to do it. Now, last night, we end up in a situation again and at the second half where, where you've got a front line of, you know, Luke McEwen, Paul McMullen. Paul McMullen came out on up front against one the of the biggest centre-backs. Paul McMullen and Niall yeah. McGinn. Yeah. You know, yeah. that now, all decent players, yeah. but that's not going to cut all, it in the championship. All decent players who are, have got the ability to hit a focal point with the ball. Yes. Hmm. Yes, and, and feed off a focal point uh -huh. as well. You know, so that's an area that I think, and I th I'm sure he's, rec uh, yeah, he's no recognised yeah. that. I and I'm sure that he will have one or two down south that he has an eye on where generally, you know, there are bigger front men, bigger players available. He needs as to, whether yeah. he can bring them up and, and, you know, sell the club to them hmm. to play in, in the championship. So, Well, he says this... Well, we were recording this on a Thursday as we usually do, but the, he, he's saying that he expects to have at least one signing done either by today or tomorrow, hopefully two. So mm -hmm. wait and see if one of those is a striker. Get the feeling one of them maybe. So hopefully you're sitting reading your telegraph about the signing and listening to us. Yeah, exactly. Am I being optimistic? Yeah, <laughs> buy, yeah buying the telegraph, I'm not sure. Does that happen anymore? Everybody know. buys it, George. They, uh, they buy, uh, on, buy online subscriptions, surely. Yeah. But over, uh, overall, you can be satisfied. You can, I, I, think, think, I think looking at them, they're looking pretty fit. I think what he's done in the training room and what he has managed to do, he's managed to put a smile back on people's faces again ah. after 12 months of, you know, pretty abject. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I don't, I, I, it's, it's, it, it, it's a strange, it just shows there's, there's it's this cliche day. There's many ways to skin a cat. <laughs> I mean, did George, you supply a great stream of stories keeping people so up to date with everything that's happening at <laughs> that's going to be a different adjective the, 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 <laughs> and hey let's be honest as, as local paper journalists they're big things the late great Dick Donnelly used to say Tam the most important part of your job is giving the Dundee and Dundee United fans something to read when there's nothing huge happening mm -hmm. when it's not the stories that are going to be in every paper and on every radio station and TV station and and George still does that on a daily basis. Quantity, not quality. Is that, is that what it is? No, it's not. It's, it's just <laughs> because of, uh, the fans at every club, even, know, even the big clubs, there are certain stories that really, you you, yeah. you, you, you see, oh, so-and-so that you knew was injured. Oh, he might be back a week. You're like, I don't care. He's not, it's not my club. But you read that when it is your own club and those kind of stories. Mm. And that, that, that's important for the fans of your club. But So without any big earth-shattering sort of announcements or or, 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 or stories that have grabbed the headlines across the country, it's there's a positivity coming out about Gary Boyer. I Absolutely. was actually I was on a freebie at one of the practice days at the Open this week, and I mean Tiger got a couple of recognitions, but I ended up speaking to some Dundee fans, and they were <laughs> so. <laughs> In fact, the only person they were negative about was me. <laughs> and that's the truth. But they were so positive. They were saying, yeah. oh, but the guy, he's no said much. He's no, he's no blowing trumpets and stuff like that. Said, but the impression that Gary Boyer's given out is what we said right at the start. He's a real manager. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he needs. And he, he's quietly building this air of confidence that there hasn't been uh, at Den's uh, for quite a while, even with the appointment of managers, and that's nothing against any of the managers that were appointed. Some of them were untried. Others were inheriting the team at a, at a time mid-season when everybody thought, well, good luck, we're trying to save save this season, mm. pal. So it, it, it's there's a nice vibe coming out of the place just now. Definitely. And I, I th little, 
and little things he does as well. I don't know if we had the game on Saturday mm. where when he came out ahead of all the players and stuff and just to can were you in the in the stand at that point? No, I don't think you were. <laughs> Bear's making that For those who are not watching on uh, the, in the internet <laughs> and only listening, Bear is making the gesture that suggests he was still having a punt. <laughs> well, he came out uh, ahead of his team before the start of the match, so it must have only been about four minutes to three or something. So you're cutting it fine, Bear, but he came out and... Uh, oh, there was still another thing to go <laughs> after that. Made, made a, a big point of uh, applauding the fans and saying hello and... and Basically, a big thanks because he's speaking to us. He, he said he's got a, a whole lot of well wishes. People have sent letters and cards to the club to, to say thanks for coming on, and they kind of appreciate the way he's handled things and and wishing good luck for the season ahead. So it feels like strangely after as we said such a terrible season last season, and things are usually really negative on the back of that. You get a hangover sometimes from relegation, especially the way things went and things were going off the field last season. With him coming in and obviously the new training grounds helped massively in terms of the, the morale of the players. But he's hugely positive as well when he talks to the players. And he did his post-match uh, team talk uh, last night on the pitch as well. Uh, mm -hmm. He did that on Saturday. He told me which I didn't notice because I must have been actually. Because you were away yeah. for a pint. <laughs> <laughs> um, Evening Telegraph, the organisation that brings you some of yeah. the game. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, sitting in the stand, he couldn't hear what he was actually saying. But yeah, there was a lot of laughter coming from the players. So uh -huh. obviously, the, there's a, there's a happiness there. At, what he's doing and the way he handles himself, and there's a lot of humour and, and things like that. So. Considering how bad things were last season, it's very quickly turned into quite a happy place. I've got to say, it's, it's easy doing a team talk on the park in July, Charles, yes. at the end yeah. of the game. <laughs> in November <laughs> and December, yeah. when the hailstones are bouncing off your nose. You know? <laughs> yeah. Also when you've won well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It, it does help. He did say it was purely for ease because so many subs, Yeah, it's easier yeah. than that you've got a, a boy in the show or a boy in the stand. You have to go find people and just keep everyone on, on the pitch. But... Uh, give a wee insight in, into the, the kind of the way he might handle a, a post-match yeah. game like that, and it, it was, seemed a very jolly, happy, happy camp. So, uh, and we shouldn't forget whatever the trials and tribulations uh, John Rankin faced with getting a team together for Hamilton. Dundee, every club because the the League Cup starts so early, has problems getting the squad together and. Even if you've got a squad, you're like, well, he's not quite ready, he is, mm -hmm. because it's only a few weeks into pre-season training. And 3-0 against another championship team at a canter mm -hmm. is a nice yeah, it was confidence-building way to start, isn't it? It was. Um, um, and they did. They, they played well in Hamilton, who are going to be, as you say, against a fellow championship club who have, have given Dundee problems in the past. And I'm sure, you know... They're no mugs, Hamilton. John Rankin will get them up to speed big style. Whether they're in the promotion race or not, it'll always be a tough place to go New Douglas Park. Yeah, so it was, it was a, a, a good performance and um, Gary Boyer will be, will be delighted with that. But you saw the way, the way he played the game, he obviously had it in his mind, even though it was a competitive fixture, he made three changes at half-time. Yeah. I yeah. was like, I've got to see everybody here. I've got to see everybody in, in this club. So he made three at half-time and he made the other two on the, I think it was on the, nah, on the, the hour mark. So everybody got a, a mm -hmm. decent run and he's going to do that. And we saw that last night. That's the only thing about friendlies. It was, I became a wee bit fragmented because Tom, because the subbies were on and yeah. off. There was loads of subs. What Gary Boyer has to do now over the course of the next two or three games is, is funnel his squad and a, a team that he is going to yeah. going to have on the park for that that Arbroath game. Now that will, that will change in the first few weeks of the season, but he's got to have an idea yeah, this is the way we're going to go. And there's going to be a few disappointing, disappointing players uh, mm -hmm. in there because I, I do think there are a lot of players now sort of pushing, especially the young lads coming through. We've seen, as you say, uh, Tyler French. Yeah. Yeah, he, he came on, I don't know if he was injured, but I'm not, I was unsure why he got taken off last night. I think it was time. just because it was his first game. He's right. only, he was... A wee bit well, behind, he, is he? Because uh, he was in the playoffs with Wrexham. They finished really yeah. late, so he, he he'd only done maybe a few days training at yeah. Wrexham before Dundee okay. signed them. Also, so don't don't forget it was lunchtime in 
Los Angeles and he usually <laughs> takes a call from Ryan Reynolds early afternoon know, in Los dropping, Angeles time. He, he was dropping the names in that one. He's, he's, a, right, he's a really nice guy to, to speak to and yeah. he, he seems, seems like he's got good head on his shoulders. He obviously came from non-league uh, and was doing some proper manual labour at, at that point for um, one of his dad's friend's business and so I think he knows exactly what he's he's got at the moment and he's got a real yeah. chance I think um, and we saw last well Gary Bowie had said that he's probably one of the fastest at the club when he signed him I think we saw yeah. there was one sprint back last night where he ripped past Jordan Marshall I think yeah, he and quite, yeah. the, the Blackburn player so he, he's rapid great thing for a defender yeah mm-hmm. yeah, because it covers up for a lot of mistakes we saw that with Jack Henry at Dundee and yeah. Jack Henry was a terrific football player but who would take a chance or two mm-hmm. but, but passes it from but he got himself into trouble but because he's pace out. got himself out of trouble he was exactly. able to get back around yeah so no it's, it's good but <laughs> again it was one friendly so. Sam Fisher has done incredibly well he has and I'm saying look I'm, I'm just about there you know, he hasn't put a foot wrong no. at all no, so uh, been really impressed with him. As, a, as, a, as great as what you want as a manager. Yeah. You know, you know? His his uh, his issue over the past few seasons has been injury. To mm-hmm. be honest, rather than ability, I would say Forfar. I think he was in and out with, with injuries um, last season, but he looks like he's grown a bit mm-hmm. in himself yeah. as a player. Um, I think on Saturday there was a, the point at the start of the game where he stepped in in front of. The Hamilton yeah. striker and took the ball off him with, with, with ease, and you just thought, yeah. "Oh, there's proper yeah. defender here." And uh, Eddie, he's, he's he's looked pretty quick last night yeah. as well. Yeah, which, yeah, he does, he does, and that that's encouraging thing. I said I've mentioned the young lads, obviously Mulligan and Max. We knew about. We've seen Lyle Cameron come in, Fisher. Mm. There's there's a few others now beginning to get knocked out the door. But you also forget that Dundee have got a decent squad, a senior squad there as well. Guys like I think Luke, Mc, McGinn's been excellent. McGinn, yeah. obviously, you're looking at guys like Luke McKillen. You're looking at guys like Tom, uh, Sean Byrne yeah. as well, who was it was a standout for Dundee in the Championship. Not so much in the Premier League no. where they struggle. And we are, let's be honest, you're stepping up in class. You're stepping mm. up and and you know against the, the opposition you're up against. So it's going to get a bit tougher. But going back down again, he will find that he's got a bit more space and time yeah. to actually play. And it was the same way on, on Saturday. The, the play well, Hamilton had a few chances, not because they created chances. I think Dundee made a few mistakes yeah. and, and, and they got chances. But in the Premier League term, you're punished. Yeah. In the Champions, not so much so. Mm. Players will go through and, and they've not got the same. It's not Reagan Charles Cook bursting in and, and <laughs> curling one with his side. He's foot into the top corner as we saw for Ross County last season. It's not the same standard. You're not going to punish so much. So there is a there is a solid enough squad there. It's, it's putting the you know a wee bit of gloss around the edges now to as as he hones it for the for the league kicking off. Yeah, and I see he's he's been looking at the loan market as well. Yeah, it's, it's the Billy Kirkwood show because he's been speaking of Billy Kirkwood <laughs> and Billy's role as Rangers. Joint loan manager. Yeah, well, he kind of mentioned Stephen Kelly, who he had at Salford City last season on loan from Rangers central midfield. He's, he's a very good player as well and obviously built up a relationship there last season. One he's looking to to use again this season and obviously it'd be a benefit to, to Rangers if they can get a good player out playing first team football in the championship at the top end of the championship uh, for Dundee. So... Ben Williamson is the name that's popped out uh, yeah. in the papers. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, really kind of uh, quality on the ball is very good. I was impressed with him at Arbroath a couple of seasons ago where he did really well. Uh, and then I think he was at Livy at the start of last season, maybe didn't quite get as many games as they, they would have thought and then dropped down to Wraith Rovers for the second half of the season, did quite well again. So he's a player that obviously knows the championship has quality, I think it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, and also, it's great, it's great that um, Gary Boyer seems to have this relationship with a club like Rangers, having had yeah. loan players. But also, don't, from personal experience and knowing him as a genuine guy, Billy Kirkwood won't loan out a player if he's not going to play. And from his time in this city, he, had, he was a coach and briefly captain of Dundee, even although he's rightly associated with Dundee United, he knows what Dundee's situation in a championship is. Mm-hmm. So I would 
be very surprised. In fact, Billy wouldn't let a player come mm-hmm. if he didn't think he was good enough to play at the high end of the championship and cope with the sort of the, a level of pressure that that goes with being the big club in any league. So, because the one thing I, I, I always hate when I, I think it's bad for the kid, it's bad for both clubs if they come and don't play. And I think the the benefit of this is you're, you're talking about guys that the, unless something goes wrong that they mm. can't foresee should be involved regularly if they come. Yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely. But I, I I also think I'm also always wary with loan signing, especially from Celtic and Rangers. That before you take these players, you're told you know, they've got to play every week. I, I couldn't see Boyer sort of taking that. No, at no, the same no. time. I understand what you're saying, Tom, but Billy Kirkwood, he wouldn't yeah. alone a player, but if he didn't think he had a good chance of being involved. Aye, don't get me wrong, no, Billy's putting no. the needs yeah. of Rangers yes. and the player yes, first, and absolutely. that means he has to play, and he won't yeah. he, he won't he yeah. won't want to put a kid somewhere yeah. where he won't play. Yeah, as for I mean, for Dundee, I don't think it's about it's not about numbers now, it's about certain areas in the team yeah. that they do yeah. need. And that's what I'm that's why I'm keen to see another striker coming in. But we'll see what happens over the course of the next few weeks. I don't know. Well the the three Trialists have all kind of been defensive midfielders and Ben Williamson is a central midfielder. <laughs> Makes me worry a wee bit about Finn Robertson about where he might yeah. be heading next or where he goes. Well, it was good, good to see honest. him last night. Yeah. It was good to see him. I think it's got, been okay. Still this, got, yeah. I've still got a lot of hope that Finn yeah. Robertson can do it, but it may be best served, best served for him. You know, with the sheer amount of bodies that are in there at Dundee, mm. If he goes out on loan, but when you go out on loan, you've got to you've got to make yeah. sure you force yourself into the team you're on no, loan. No, with. the cove the cove move didn't work quite as well, I think, he, as he they has, hoped. He, so. he has, to be fair, though, lad, he has had a couple of injuries over the, the course ah. of the last couple of seasons. Um, but there's undoubted ability there. And oh, I saw right. him last night, and he's filled out a bit as well. Mm-hmm. So I've still got hope that, that you know that he can. He's obviously he's seen he's was the sort of the guy who was thrust forward under James McPake as a kid. You yeah. know, right into yeah. the team, playing derby matches and things mm-hmm. like that. But he's now seen others that have come through and gone beyond him in the team. So hopefully he uses that as an incentive to say, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm just as every bit as good as him. I could do just as well as they've done and better. I, I, I have to say, uh, I remember seeing him after James McPake built him up. And in, in terms of, you know, natural ability, he put me in mind of a, Kevin McDonald or a Stuart mm-hmm. Armstrong yeah, yeah. at that age when I yeah. first saw him and I am uh, 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 that's not giving me expert status but that's what I thought I thought this is a kid of that level and I'm quite surprised that he's I thought Dundee's battle would be to hang on to him yeah. mm. not find a place for him yeah. as I say injuries, injuries have affected his progress um, but you never lose the fact that you have ability Some, yeah. I think his confidence has maybe taken a bit he of a he admitted that as well yeah he did uh, in the second season, I think, but it's up to him yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I, I I I have a look at Leo Cameron. You know, I thought, you mm. know, prior to these couple of games there, I thought he's going to struggle to play this season. But what he's done over a couple of games has given me hope that well, maybe this lad can do a job for Dundee. That's what you've uh, got to do. You've got that. You get the opportunity. The door opens for his you. Finish was great. Yeah, you get the, if the door opens for you at any level. You've got to grasp that mm-hmm. opportunity and, and take the, the bull by the horns and get yourself in there. Mm. But this is the thing. So much of this game is attitude and mental mentality, isn't it? It's confidence. Yeah, it's I, mean, really, I mean, no offense to him at all, Ma- Max Anderson. Anytime I've seen him, I've thought, you've not got the same ability as Robertson, mm-hmm. but he's got, he's grasped his chance, he's yeah. made the most of it, He's he should be a regular now in the yeah. under-21 squad. And yeah. that's what you, that's what, if you if you get it right in your yeah. head, yeah. which, the, don't get me wrong, it's not easy no. at, at times, if, the, if things do go wrong, especially for young players, but if you come through that and get it right I in your think, head, you'd be I a think, very good player. I think Max suffers from that as well, actually. A wee bit of lack of confidence Sometimes, at yeah. times. You know, he doesn't trust his own ability. There's certain, as you say, I, th- I think Finn Robertson is probably a far better touch player than Max Anderson. Yeah. Max Anderson has got... Likes, uh, he legs. just runs. Yeah. He's got a great turn, twist and turn, takes the ball, goes forward. It's making yourself yeah. valuable to the team mm-hmm. with what you yeah. can do. You look at another guy like Josh Mulligan, he looks as though he's bursting with confidence. Oh, aye. 
He's yeah. He looks as though he's prepared. To I don't do think he'll ever have that no. problem. No. It's, so yeah, it's 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 getting a bit everything in there, Tom. But everybody's different. Everybody's different. I never had a problem with confidence. <laughs> I just had a problem when I had the ball. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been another great chat and. When I'm hosting the show, we do have a part three. Can I just say one thing before before we head off? Um, Dundee are obviously at Strandrar on Saturday. So you've got to leave now. No, it's <laughs> a very, very long journey. Um, I would encourage all Dundee fans to make sure they're well hydrated. Yes. Monday. Okay, for, for the match, because it's a long journey. It's I, going to be so very Basically, long. you're planning to be at Strandrar for 11 a.m. <laughs> You'll drink water right up until 11. That's it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I know all I was going to say is well, I, I think it's right that we'll have a part three and there was some frowns here when you were away, George, when I introduced the ladies' Euros and I just think that for part three this week, uh, I have to announce it's been postponed because England won 8-0 the other day <laughs> and so we're no sweeting about that. So thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice. Or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.